0: Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Not Okay, It's Okay podcast. Welcome, welcome. This is a space where it is okay to not be okay, and Rashida and I are licensed mental health professionals who are here to normalize mental health struggles and offer practical solutions, practical solutions to what life tends to throw at us on the daily.
1: So, hourly sometimes. Hello,
0: hourly by the moment. <laughs> so today it is season two, episode seven, and we are absolutely thrilled to be talking uh, to two really, really great gentlemen. Yes. Um, and we are going to be, it's kind of addictions 101. So we are going to introduce our lovely panel. Oh. Uh, so first we have Ken Pecoraro. He is an LCSW, an LCADC, and a CCS. Correct. Okay, so you received your Master of Social Work in 96 from Rutgers. Uh, specialized in casework with an emphasis on addictions treatment, uh, and you have been a New Jersey licensed clinical social worker since 2000, a licensed certified alcohol and drug counselor since 97. Uh, you have extensive experience uh, working directly and supervising programs for substance use and co-occurring disorders for adults and adolescents, and over 25 years of experience, which is pretty wild and amazing. Yes. Um, You uh, currently work at CPC Behavioral Healthcare uh, in Monmouth County since 2001, and you serve as the Director of Addiction and Co-Occurring Services for the agency currently. And you well have done. yeah, absolutely. So yeah. and you have a lot other of other things which we'll get to, and then we have Michael Teddy Mike Mike. Um, and Mike graduated with his bachelor's in psychology from Kane University, and you are pursuing your master's degree awesome. in social work currently um, from Rutgers, and you've been in the field t- since 2015. Um, you began working for CPC, um, which we all have in common yes. in the co Co-Occurring Disorders Program, Um, and you are a CADC, which is a Certified Drug and Alcohol Counselor, Certified Peer Recovery Specialist, currently working at CPC Behavioral Health Care in their Opioid Disorder Housing and Case Management Program, which we definitely want to hear about, and you are working on getting your LS LCSW and LCADC following your graduation. And you will eventually... Do wonderful things, I know, and I can't (laughs) wait. He's already doing, and he is exactly. I know that, but I mean bigger and you know (laughs)
2: even more. One, Mikey
0: T is here, and I'm very, very. He's he's special to me. So welcome, you guys, and and and
1: thank you for joining us. Yeah, and I'm just like this is like the CPC crew. I know it's
0: exciting. CPC in my heart, love that place. (sighs) CPC behavioral healthcare. Yeah, So I guess we're gonna start talking. I know you always. Kind of kick it off
1: if you want with to. stats. You know, I took uh, stats in college in my master's program
0: and I hated it. You know, I did too. I think most of those programs
2: I'm <laughs> <you laughs> like, you, you know, so did
0: I. Um, oh. And shout out to my friend Andrew who really helped me get through it because I'm not a numbers gal. Yeah. But I did really do well. Thank you, Andrew, if you're listening. Um, so, okay, so we have some statistics yeah. we want to kind of we have uh, a couple of questions um from viewers and facebook live will join in hey cheryl um and if you guys have questions you can kind of chime in there um so so let's get it started yeah why don't you get us started with some you know rashida the queen of statistics oh goodness oh my goodness so
1: um you know i during covid you know i was you know concerned about you know the you know individuals who are in recovery and how that would impact them Um, And I, you know, again, you know, when I look at the numbers and some general numbers for opioid-involved overdose deaths, they rose from, and we're going back to, like, 2010. So from 21,088 people who were involved in an overdose from opiates to 2017, it was about 47,600. So look at that big jump, right? So 2010, 21,000 about. 2017, 47,000, mm-hmm. and it kind of remained steady in like 2018 with like 46,000, right? Fast forward to 2019, there were nearly 50,000 people in the U.S. that died for from opioid involved wow. overdose deaths, right? It's yep. a lot, and when you think about oh that, right? Yes. You know, the numbers are just—it's
0: staggering.
1: It's, yeah, I looked at it as an epidemic, you know. Yeah. And so a national crisis, right? Epidemic. Um,
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. So let's talk about like, you know, going back to maybe like 2010, you know, and that what was going on? Why do why do we think we were seeing, you know? So many people like overdosing on on opiates. Such a jump
0: in the yeah. opioid. It became. It is an opioid crisis, right? Yeah. So, what do we think was going on in the? You want
2: me to do that one? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just, just. I don't want to go off topic, but just one thing. We got to this room. <gasps> is I mean, it amazing? Yeah, It looks like I'm all over the place because <laughs> I have a little bit I, of ADHD, and this is like an ADHD it paradise. Is. Oh, it is. It really. Is. There's so much cool stuff to look at, and uh-huh. the, the 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 peak is. Thor's Stormbreaker (laughs) hanging over the Golden Golden Girls. Girls
0: Yep, it's amazing. It's okay. does
2: everybody comment on that? Because well, that is the, I'll, I'll like that's
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Golden Girls are my jam. This the, you know, the rest of the time I got Kiwi. I feel so
2: safe under Rue McClanahan's. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Who
0: doesn't? Absolutely. You know, so, so yes, we uh, have and we have comments, and I was just saying from my Jewish mother who during season one was like, Can't you get the AK forty seven out from behind Rashida's head? I was okay and with it. but it wasn't an AK forty seven, it is the gun from aliens, uh, and it's on Sigourney the floor. Weaver. So gun. Weaver's gun, gun oh, okay. is right down there because Ming who you know this is his this place is unbelievable. <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> it's um, yeah so I, I get it and and I won't think you're staring at me I'll gotcha. know it's Rue behind my <laughs> head so um, <laughs> yeah so this is an incredible place and we can certainly look around as you uh,
2: so the, the opioid situation yes. that started before 2000 mm-hmm. and there's a lot of you can look find all these things out there it's kind of well known information now should I be mm-hmm. looking at the camera no now? no no, no, no. 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 I just, um, I'm just
1: one of those people like oh, to see just pretend oh, you're uh, looking at me but really look at room
2: I, I look at I'm myself it. and I say I'm not okay it reminds me, it reminds <laughs> it's okay. me. Actually, I was up very late last night cuz I really was not okay but that's okay oh, here right it's okay. okay yes, yes so yes, now that's good this
0: is the place but, to be but uh,
2: yeah definitely uh, had a couple of stressors keep me up last night sure but um I'm here and that's what I Yeah, I so happy. So the opioid crisis started, you know, right around when the 90s and the 2000s there was a there was like a perfect storm of mm-hmm. things and again these are in my these are you can find the information. Mm-hmm. Right. The some of the perfect storm was the creation of OxyCon mm-hmm. which now you yep. went from just regular yep. strength opiates to the the, the steroid, the power right. house yeah. of opioids right. all at once. Right. And then at that same point a, the a, the a lot of the agencies that were overseeing healthcare mm-hmm wanted pain to be viewed as as an important thing like they were saying pain is the fifth vital sign or whatever Aww, they used to say okay. so everybody that w- worked at a hospital was like well we better treat for pain mm-hmm. and they were giving mm-hmm. out scripts and right. they were giving out this oxycontin. and then on top of that there was another factor which i was just was thinking on my brain just lost it where no, it'll come to me. It'll come it to you. It was like a brain fart, and you're farting loud. like they are, crazy. They, they are loud. totally
0: <laughs> okay here.
2: Yeah, they're well, I'll think of it. But so all these things happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. the market's getting flooded. Oh, and there was uh-huh. a, there was also a study by mm-hmm. which I'll, this uh, where somebody put out a study. One of the drug companies put out a study where opioids are not addictive, mm-hmm. and so you have all these things supposed wow. science saying it's okay to give these things right, out. Right. Right. So, boom, the market gets flooded with all uh-huh. these pills. So, at a place like CPC, if you looked at us in, in 2005, everybody, opioid pills right. Was, right. were like, prescribed. Were, yeah, it was all over the Widely, yeah. Then New Jersey made a good move, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which turned out to have a bad consequence, but it still was a good move. Okay. We switched to the, what's called the New Jersey Prescription Monitoring Program. Yes. Right in the, mm-hmm. the mid, two th- so all of a sudden, it became very hard to get prescriptions. Right like too hard at once let's say Mm -hmm. like boom Mm -hmm. and so people that were going like seven doctors and had like pills coming in like crazy those were the people that were you know were shopping around and they were selling it to other people mm -hmm. now them so now there's a prescription there's a uh, computer system where every doctor Mm -hmm. can can look on the computer and say hey you can't I'm not gonna give you opiates you're you're going to six
3: other doctors so
2: all of a sudden the, the the black market for pills goes like overnight right so people had a choice I had mm-hmm. people coming to CPC that were on 15, 20, 30 pills a day. Mm-hmm. So they have a huge habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know, back then in the in the in the early two thousands, you can get like uh, an Oxycontin pill gonna you know, have ten bucks, whatever, mm-hmm. f- right. five, ten bucks. All of a sudden, now the pills are like thirty dollars each. Mm-hmm. You know, supply mm-hmm. and demand. Right. People had a choice. You're on a thirty dollar pill, and you need ten of those just to get. That's a three hundred dollar a day habit. People oh, had real. to make a choice. Right. Here comes heroin, and yeah, so it's cheaper. either either. Kick the drug yourself mm-hmm. or, you know, go to detox or whatever, or right. here's heroin. That uh-huh. one $10 bag of heroin is meets all your needs right. for the whole day. And then heroin yes. followed to right call. after. There and there was is. another weird thing that came in along with that as well, mm-hmm. was out of nowhere, uh, the 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 um, one positive thing out of the HIV crisis mm-hmm. was of, of the 80s into the 90s was um, people were afraid of needles. Yes. And right. it was like o- overnight. People, st- I, I remember mm-hmm. it was everybody was sniffing, 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 mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, "Ah!" Yeah. Boom! Somebody was like, "Yeah, we're we're safe now." And then ne- everybody was shooting it like overnight, right. like a, right. so th- so it really was like it was gradual, yet there was a lot of things yeah. that kind of yeah. shot it up quickly. And wasn't
0: there, like, a, a clean needle project a or something? Or? Yeah, there was well, there's like still some a, kind of... there's still of, a yeah. lot yeah. of that. Which, is, which is good. Because
2: you figure, if people are going to get high. Right. And Absolutely. You know, the, the way, yes. like, at least let's keep people from dying and yeah. diseases and yes. things like yeah. That. Yeah. So yes. that's what harm reduction is. You know, at yes,
0: yeah, it's and it. definitely we're, we, we have a question about harm reduction. Okay. <laughs> so hold that thought. So, no, that's great. Like, you know,
1: taking us through, you know, like, just the kind of the evolution of, you know, how we got here. So, you know, I just want to kind of, like, now bring, you know, my into the conversation of you know fast forward to COVID Mm -hmm. right okay so you know for you what were you seeing happening with you know your clients that you were servicing
3: yeah so uh, to add to what Ken was saying I think Mm -hmm. that what brought the problem about Mm -hmm. was uh, New Jersey was in a unique position The heroin that was here was so pure Mm -hmm. compared to other parts of the country where Individuals were able to snort it uh, mm-hmm. and uh, achieve the effects that uh, people in other parts of the country weren't. And mm-hmm. be, it's much more difficult, I believe, to make the transition from swallowing a painkiller pill to shooting IV heroin, mm-hmm. but it was uh, a bridge in that gap wow. to be able yeah. to snort the heroin. Oh, wow. And okay. And at in time, eventually transition to IV use. Uh huh. But um, wow. I think. Since the pandemic, I think the greatest thing that affected people and caused a lot of people to relapse was uh, isolation, mm-hmm. I believe. Sure. De- definitely with addiction, I think um, yep. it's so important to, uh, to be surrounded by, you know, positive people, people that understand what you're going through and that sense sure. of community and acceptance. And having a
0: routine, right? Yeah. A yeah. daily routine. Yeah. Absolutely. Like program, like even going to work and exercising, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So a lot of that just kind of, yeah, we were all forced to really pivot and think on our feet and and get these programs something. Okay. So going remotely, virtually, yeah. yeah. So. so was
1: there were were you you know both like seeing like relapses, like a, you know people who were had some sobriety you know clean mm-hmm. time go back.
2: Yeah, I mean, you want, you want to go yeah. first on that one? I mean, I could. Mm-hmm. Both of us would say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I was a, I don't think anybody expected the pandemic to last this long. Yeah. Right? And yeah. And then, and everybody, you know, at first people, would, they would realized, wow, this is serious, but mm-hmm. we'll get a handle on it and then it'll be over. And then it was right. like, wait, we're going to be doing this for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. one time I was at a meeting and I, I quote myself on this because I, I thought of this one on my, on the top of my, my uh, head. Somebody was like, what's it like trying to help people with addiction over telehealth? Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like. It's kinda like trying to lasso a bull with dental flaws. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. Like when the pandemic sure. first started, you couldn't do a drug test. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And you were just happy people were showing up. Yeah. Right. And they were checking right. in and they yeah. were talking and just want to see their breathing. faces. Yeah. You know sure what I mean? they're safe. It was yeah. total like you know, uh, damage control yeah. mode. Yeah. For yeah. the for a while. Sure. And, and all the things that kind of keep people in check, support systems. Mm-hmm legal system like everything was a the whole thing fell apart right and it was like again it became about this just like let's just keep people safe let's keep them alive alive. let's let's keep checking in with them Mm -hmm. but it was a you know it was a desperate time definitely with during the pandemic and you know it's almost like you know getting using drugs Getting addicted to drugs is never a, a, a desirable thing, sure. but you almost can't blame someone you know who already absolutely. was was had a problem, and then all of a sudden now their whole support system's gone. It, right? Everything's you collapsed. I mean? right. and sure, it's like,
0: right. sure, and feelings know? of safety, and yeah, and yeah. I'm
2: absolutely. like, how many people that just the alcohol use were like, okay, um, you know, I, I got to have a drink to get through it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, how many, yeah. so many people said that because. Mm-hmm. It was stressful it for everybody. Stress, yep, you know that's the I mean? stress yeah. vulnerability yeah. model. Right. Stressors yeah.
0: go up, so do our symptoms. There you and, go. You know, they,
1: they were saying that people, you know, who didn't have, like, an alcohol use disorder, you know, some a lot of people have come out with one now. You know, so it's, you know, pretty interesting, you know, that, you know, the alcohol was the, yeah. go, you know, the, the go-to mm-hmm. yep.
2: to
0: cope with that. Right. And another thing, too, was not only the facilities, also programs running like, you know, AA, NA, all of these places also had to pivot and they went online as well. Right. So they they've recently come back. And, you know, first they started with, like, five people in a mm-hmm, room, I mm-hmm. understood, like, at all different ends. And now, finally, they're back and running, which is wonderful, because now supports are starting to come back.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, you know, thinking about, like, just pivoting to, like, you know, the mutual support groups, you know, do you, you think that there are more people, you know, attending AANA because it is virtual? Like, hmm. do we think there you know, people, you know... It's just easily accessible. I can just go on, click on a meeting, go in. I can go to Holland, 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 wherever Holland is. You can like go. Like the c- the yeah
0: the yeah country. yeah right. Like Somewhere. you could do well, a meeting <laughs> in Holland, <laughs> right? Water. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Rashida just goes off. on, Usually it's crab legs. This is now Holland. Okay. But they're they're,
3: they're, they're, I they're eating the crab out. legs in Holland. <laughs> they're are wonderful
0: they at this time of year. Yeah. Well,
3: somebody needs to deliver
0: those. So <laughs> <one because laughs> a, uh, yeah. Um, so okay, so this was like a good um, giving us an idea of, of how this epidemic kind of started, how it's progressed. Mike, can you talk a little bit about the program that you are currently working for um, you know with with working you know in and housing and, and all of that stuff mm. in terms of, you know what sure. I mean. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Thanks, Mike. <laughs> no, it's really been a great program. I've mm-hmm. been doing it now about a year and a half, and mm-hmm. it was uh, unique. It was a grant program. We were uh, awarded, I think, 20 subsidies uh, to find amazing. individuals with opioid use disorder mm-hmm. uh, housing. And then um, that was the main objective, was to first find housing for them, and then mm-hmm. just uh, follow along supports, any case management, anything to help facilitate their recovery, uh, hitting, you know, all the dimensions of wellness, socialization, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to get a gym membership, they want to look for work, they want to work on their credit, try to find Find a car, get their love, anything like that. Uh, so it's been really fun. Yeah. And it was really eye opening how difficult uh, housing is. Uh, the issues that we had get I mean these, these were subsidies that were going to be covered you know the the landlord knew that they were gonna get paid and still the issues mm-hmm. with a background check with credit mm-hmm, scores mm-hmm. with work histories and a lot of people still got turned down with that so it just wow. made you really realize how difficult it can be
0: and how incredible this program is yeah and how necessary absolutely it's yeah. like you know when similar to when someone is incarcerated and mm-hmm. then they come out and you know they want to get a job they want to you know live a good life, and there's so much, you know, discrimination and and stigma attached, and we've spoken about stigmas here, but this is a wonderful program, so thank you for sharing that, and And thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, Yeah. and I I think about, like, you know, like, Maslow's hierarchy of of,
1: Mm -hmm. of needs, right? And so, like, how how does someone who doesn't have housing, Mm -hmm. you know, or a job, like, how can they come into therapy and just be like, yeah, I'm going to talk about my feelings when I'm stressed about, like, I have nowhere to live. Mm -hmm. Nothing to eat, nowhere to live. Right. Absolutely. right so this program yeah. is like amazing and it's like a full wraparound program mm-hmm. yeah you know um so that's great
2: yeah and, and it's a, it's what they call a housing first model mm-hmm. okay. so like you said with the hi- the hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's give the people the housing, housing. regardless of mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. how chaotic right. things are and then take it from there you know mm-hmm. and uh because it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to you know to sit in a therapy group when you know you got to sit outside yeah. in a yeah. car mm-hmm. in absolutely. 15 degree weather. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it's, let's get people housing. Let's get them some supports and things, and mm-hmm. start with the basics. Yes, you know? absolutely. And yes. Mike does a good job. I mean, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. tell you, he that's a it's a difficult some of the not we got a we got a good variation, but some of the clients you know mm-hmm. can be uh, you know, in various levels, <laughs> especially in the beginning. But mm-hmm. Mike Mike has that <clears> those skills of of uh engaging and mm-hmm. and and uh, connecting with people and that's just what we need you know yeah. Yeah. we actually p- handpicked mike for the program you know Aww. yeah when well, we got the grant we're like mike teddy there that's yeah. the <laughs> that's the man for the job Amazing. really
3: because totally. we knew you know
2: he brings that 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 calm demeanor, but, you, know, the, in, you know, the calm amidst the chaos. Uh-huh. You know, so, so,
1: so Mike, how do you feel hearing that from Ken?
3: That's uh, that's kind to hear. I got. <laughs> <laughs> Ken knows I love him. I got a real <laughs> soft spot for Ken. Uh-huh. Uh, we go back. a <laughs> uh, awesome. very long time. Yeah. And uh, what's nice with the program, also the certified uh, peer recovery specialist with mm-hmm. the program, so that allows me to uh, sometimes open up to the clients, let them know about my struggles with addiction, okay. and uh, feels. I feel like sometimes they. Uh, can you can connect on a deeper level there mm-hmm. and that some of that lived experience you certainly don't need it to help people in this field but mm-hmm. I think that sometimes it can be helpful yeah. Sure, yeah. absolutely
0: absolutely and we were talking before we started the show on how and everybody knows this I literally like pounded into our listeners heads how you know I am a therapist in therapy for my own stuff with anxiety and and <laughs> everything else that is wild about my brain um, so yeah I it makes us completely relatable and that's awesome Awesome. Good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Beautiful. So. Um, so let's shift to you know we have a
1: mom on here, um, Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. And you know Hi, so Cheryl. so what should a parent be looking like? Let's talk about risk factors and protective factors. So so what kind of risk factors you know should a parent be looking out for? You know you know with regards to substance use. Like, how do what, what should I look at behavior wise? You know
2: i just did a thing on this too i should like have them <laughs> <laughs> rip them off the top of my mm-hmm. head i had a powerpoint so but uh there's a bunch there's mm-hmm. a bunch obviously genetics is huge mm-hmm. okay the genetics is proven and people think genetics is like they think of these complex like you got to get a microscope and start looking at mm-hmm. like chromosomes mm-hmm. you know they knew about genetics ye- decades ago because in adoption studies mm-hmm. when you take someone in a situation Quite often, people so with addiction, they will lose custody of their kids mm-hmm, for whatever reason. Right. Take the kid out of the uh, away from the parents, and let and the kid gets raised in a more you would think suitable situation. Mm-hmm. You know, st- stability, mm-hmm. housing, school, safe environment, and still they see these kids have higher incidences inc- right of addiction. So clearly, it's it's not just a learned thing; it's right. going through genetics. Yeah. Right. Um, and th- again for parents who have a d- addiction that doesn't mean your kid's definitely gonna have a problem just <laughs> right. it's it's a, uh, a predisposition, predisposition right mm-hmm.
0: that's sure. what I was gonna uh, sure. one yes thank you okay uh, yeah so, definitely and so that's one genetics okay. is one
2: not the only one mm-hmm. um, there's a a kid that's more of a of a uh there's that lack of connection mm-hmm. you know um and that's a that's a catchy one because mm-hmm. you can be. A really, really popular person, mm-hmm. but be the most lonely person in the right. in the room. True, right. So it's the quality of the connections in that person in life. Okay. The people who have addiction problems. All well, I've been doing this for c- close to thirty years. How often I hear, I didn't feel connected. I mean, I had this big mm-hmm. family, I had friends, mm-hmm. but I just didn't feel like anybody got me or understood me. And that's a, that's a, I hear that all the time. So that that lack of that. Uh, again, quality connection. Yeah. And for some people, it's uh, it's lack of no connection at all. It could mm-hmm. be uh, anywhere along. Sure. And then for and uh, obviously um, with any problem, the earlier it starts, the worse it usually is. So mm-hmm. like okay. any any disease, whether if you, yeah. you know, like have diabetes starting young, it's going right. to be a, a harder battle to fight. Mm-hmm. Same with substance use a person that risk taker who starts doing the risky things earlier yeah. is mm-hmm. at a way like so that's why we got to be concerned about things like vaping and things like yeah if like okay. you're doing that in middle school right that doesn't mean you're going to be sticking a needle in your arm one day but it definitely right. puts you in a higher category Absolutely. for because you're already like hey give me something to make me feel better you right, know right,
0: right right yeah and so. kids are you know I mean, it was different, obviously, when I was growing up because I didn't grow up with the internet, you know, and Mm -hmm. YouTube and watching all these, I'm sorry, schmucks doing really, like, dangerous things. And these kids, younger and younger, are all watching this and... You know, they see these these kids on YouTube, and they're making millions of dollars to do these ridiculously stupid things. So with the exposure mm-hmm. at such a young age just to doing risky things, it's, it's really scary. I mean, and I'm a parent, and I have an almost 11-year-old, and so I'm really paying attention. Um, but, yeah, it's really scary because the exposure is so, you know...
1: Yes, in it's in your face. It's
0: right. every, you know, it's, it's, yeah. And then, then
2: there's one more huge one. I yeah. Think if I didn't mention this one, because there's, there's a bunch, but one more is your peer group.
0: hmm. I okay. mean,
2: if you're, if you're hanging out with kids that are already getting into trouble, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a matter of time. It's contagious. Absolutely. And that's the way it goes. You know, I remember my own experience. I was always a little, I was always on the edge, kind mm-hmm. of more of a risky type kid. Mm-hmm. And then I met certain other kids that were like, put me to shame as mm-hmm. far as wor- how far they were and I, I got worse I got worse mm-hmm. you know I can remember the certain friendships that I connected with and uh-huh. I was like I went from being mischievous to doing really stupid stuff mm-hmm. and getting in trouble with the police and mm-hmm. things like that and, and people opened the doorway to right. that and again it's not their fault but I but my my parents had separated and mm-hmm. when I was nine and I had well, less supervision, you start sure. having all different kids right. and, sure. you know what I mean? and right. next you know, you know, Absolutely. What, you're getting down and dirty with things you never thought you were gonna
0: do. Yeah. So. Totally. And then it comes back to the you know, it always people, places and things, right? No matter yes. how where we are in mm-hmm. the in the age you know on the age spectrum yeah. that's what it is so. i've added boredom to that
1: because you know we know like a lot of times clients will say like yeah you know it's just i'm bored I, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it passes the time to use you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so we just mm-hmm. you know have and, to like take that into
2: consideration there's a bigger thing behind boredom and that's mm-hmm. that's that lack of a sense of a purpose and mm-hmm. belonging mm-hmm. you know yeah. if you have something that you're really into whether it be skating with your Golden Girls uh,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> skateboard I, I always skate with my Golden things. Girls <laughs> skateboard
2: always. I don't Every know day. why Why aren't we all skating Every with Thursday, Golden Girls so, <laughs> so if you want to join like, me maybe that yeah. can end the addiction problem that's it yeah, just to like, give out <laughs> Golden Girls skateboards to all kids
0: I'm like, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. like we might
2: have solved it right here yeah wait
0: whoa I can't believe it. after years of studying we just kind of had this brainchild well you did <laughs> amazing um, so uh, yeah kids
2: are like who the hell yeah. are the Golden, golden girls, girls. it's
0: right. on hulu now like I what, ha- what I youtube to be channel right? they have right? I, ha- I know right <laughs> <laughs> who are these golden <laughs> girls um hulu is actually showing it again i started to watch it from the beginning it's pretty amazing yeah. just saying so um go, go ahead mike did you want to add anything
1: to uh to
3: that? ken did a great job covering i think mm-hmm. uh isolation is a big one if mm-hmm. you notice uh, an increase in isolation uh-huh. um it's, t- it's difficult because I think teenagers, especially, you can go through moody phases. But watching, mm-hmm. uh, if you see a real shift in their attitude mm-hmm. or
1: okay.
3: um, that kind of stuff, I think is important to keep mm-hmm. an eye out for. Yep. And then the, any sense of any underlying mental health issues, any, sure. especially depression mm-hmm. and anxiety, if mm-hmm. they start to come up, I think that makes them much more susceptible to developing yeah. an yeah. addiction because that drug or that or the alcohol can be. That much more rewarding to the person, as mm-hmm. opposed to somebody that isn't struggling with any of those issues prior. That
1: makes sense. Yes, right. anxiety. I always
2: mm-hmm. talk about the anxiety epidemic. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is is outrageous.
0: What well, do you What do you relate it to? What do you? Uh, I have my theory on it. What's yours on the the epidemic of anxiety right now with kids?
2: It would be on. This is like just theory. Of, I don't have any science behind it, okay. so I want to be like so yeah, trying this, to debunk me. Yeah, how easy article? This, is how's not, the uh, article? this is not a peer <laughs> reviewed. <laughs> yeah, My it, personal okay. theory uh-huh. on it is how complicated the world has mm-hmm. gotten with, uh-huh. with that everything like even everything is exposed. There's no like with social media. It's all like. You're always on display. You're always yes. you're always checking your phone. Like if you think back, go back to the simpler time when you had to worry about like wolves coming and killing, <laughs> <your cabin. laughs> yeah, right. or, or like or the f- yeah. the crops. But like basically, in, in between, you you kept right. you you had a purpose. Like let's keep this these right. Yeah. Right. these crops growing. Let's yep. keep the wolves over there. And then, but other <laughs> right. than that, you team together with the with the with the community, kind of keep Absolutely. those things. Now it's like fifty zillion problems mm-hmm. are in your face. All day long. 24/7. Like, you ever have those moments where you like, you just think of them all, and you're like, yeah. holy crap, yeah. like I don't want to get out of bed today. There's, Absolutely. you know, like, yeah, so constantly the You know, yes. I mean, there's so much going Instant on, news. and I think that's just like, it's too much. It's it overload.
0: I know it is for me as an adult. So on well, these kids, I can't even. Imagine. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was little, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my parents, you know,
1: I would fall down. And, you know, at one point I needed stitches. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're going to be okay. Just put a bandaid mm-hmm. on it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and now, you know, I look at, you know, a kid falls down. They're on Google. Like, Google, tell me, like, what this is. Oh, my God. my, <laughs> yes. You know, like, I'm going to, yeah. like, lose my leg, right? Like, so, again, with that whole... The social you know social media and the access to it, I think that yeah. creates a lot of anxiety.
0: Agreed, agreed. Yeah. I could not don't agree more. Google
2: Google your diseases don't. at yeah. 3 oh a.m. No. If you want to not sleep, I know don't do that. I
0: know, agreed, agreed. And if you are Googling, make sure it's WebMD or Mayo Clinic, like let's not any schmuck could could you know <laughs> give their opinion. So another question about um, like the, the kids, and then we'll move on to the next question. Um, what about sharing personal history with your children? Like, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, did I drink when I was younger? Did I dabble or, you know, cause yeah, I grew up thinking one thing, <laughs> like thinking when I become a parent, I'll always be, you know, honest and I definitely won't. <laughs> so um, just my personal opinion. But what, what, what do you guys think you about that?
3: I would say, <laughs> and I'm not not a not a parent yet, but mm-hmm. if uh, it came to that, I would I would think honesty. I think I would mm-hmm. be honest with them about my history, and I mm-hmm. think it's so important. I think a lot of children, I know for myself, I struggled with um, being honest with my parents about things for fear about getting in trouble mm-hmm. or certain things. So you learn, I did, to you know to be sneaky to hide things and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I would like for and watching other people, I think they have more success when they feel comfortable going to their parents yeah. with uh, something and you can catch it earlier rather mm-hmm. than hiding it. I think just having that open mm-hmm. communication feeling mm-hmm. comfortable I think is very important.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: I got to second that one. Okay. Uh, the, the honesty approach, um, that's kind of, and, and if you know anybody who knows me, I'm have a big thing for uh, honesty. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love honesty. Mm-hmm. I like, I'd rather, I'm one of those people that like, give it to me, the honest truth, right. even mm-hmm. if it hurts. Yeah, you know? sure, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, same. I, that's my policy in, uh, in life, probably mm-hmm. to like an extreme. I like I could just, I'd really r- I'd rather just right you know be honest. And, so with I I do have kids and I work with kids mm-hmm. and kids are gonna ask you even mm-hmm. if you know yeah I always prep anybody who's about to work with teenagers, they're gonna tell you hey so did you get did you used to get high and mm-hmm. I'm like. If you give one of those those textbook answers, well, why is that important <laughs> right, to you? Exactly. Oh, that's like, oh, you did, <laughs> yeah. you know
0: what I mean? Right, right, absolutely.
2: Then they know. So you might as well be ready to just answer <laughs> the question honestly. <laughs> okay. And when, with with my kids, I I would say, look, people are going to tell you smoking weed is fun mm-hmm. you know why mm-hmm. because it is mm-hmm. when you first start it's a lot of fun it yeah. really is like you know if you tell somebody oh smoke weed and you're going to go you're going to go out of your mind you're going right. to p- rip your eyeballs out <laughs> yeah. <or we're> gonna <laughs> not, and they're going to smoke right. weed like hey i'm not ripping my eyeballs right. out right, right. What, what the what, is this you know? about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely you know what i mean so be true like so yeah it's going to be fun and be fun for a while but it, it can lead to a host of other problems especially if you start young you yeah. know mm-hmm. you, you find you get it you get you, you make that connection like wait, I need this to feel good. You go from wanting it to needing yeah. it, you know, mm-hmm. sure. and, and, or with any substance. And I'm, I'm not trying to demonize weed. I know there's a whole group. No, of, yeah. But I'm just, in general, be honest about mm-hmm. it. Be yeah. honest about it, you mm-hmm. know, um, about uh, everything as far as, and talk about, who, you know, different people you're going to meet and, yeah. and they're going to offer you things. Yeah. And I've kind of pleaded with my own kids, because I, I, I don't believe in the whole, oh, they're going to do it anyway, just let them do it. Right. Mm-hmm. The longer you can hold that off. Yeah. Uh-huh. Remember we talked about the disease, if it starts early, the better. If yeah. you can get the kids to start, if, if, if you like, oh, they're going to try it one day anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, well, drinking, they're all going to try sooner or later, right. no matter what. Sure. The longer you can hold off on that, the better, the better. Of a chance you have that they're going to be in a better position to handle that. Sure. You know, and there might be, you know, debaters on that, but mm-hmm. that's just what this school thought I came
0: yeah, from. Yeah, no, I yeah. love that. That was my original, like, <laughs> My feeling, and I've gone, I've vacillated back and forth, but this will definitely be helpful. So. Yeah, and
2: so, you know, this is a colleague of mine that, that actually. I'll- the uh, counts, the counselor at Rumsen Fairhaven High School. She's been mm-hmm. a colleague of mine for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I'll steal this from her, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Fico. She because I've watched hey. her do talks. She uh she would say because th- there was, there are a lot of parents that say oh they're gonna get high anyway let's let them get high safety of my house right and then, right and her, right. W- one thing she brought out which I which I use and I use the same logic all the time is. If you tell it, it's natural as an adolescent mm-hmm. to push past the boundary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you say don't do anything, they <laughs> right. s- you know they maybe might sneak a drink, sneak a puff, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you say okay, alcohol and weed are cool, then no, well, now you let them do it. That alcohol that adolescent need mm-hmm. to push past, well, give me some ecstasy.
0: Right. I want to try some acid. Right. Because right, they're, right. they're always
2: going to try to one up, up one up you. So there's nothing wrong with trying to set the bar a little lower uh-huh. and and I'd rather deal with a few right Breakthroughs into the out into the lower level mm-hmm. world and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, here's my 17 year old," and they're trying, right. know, Xanax and, and yeah, right. and Absolutely. Whatever, right. like
0: it's that. funny you said that because we just got a question from Allison. What's up, Al? Um, what do you think of children drinking or smoking pot in your own home? Some parents say, "If it's under my okay. roof, um, at least that. I know my kid is safe." And okay, kinda, yeah, so that, right that was amazing. Yeah. Allie, are you here? I feel like you're, you're with us. Um, so, okay, no, that was a really, really good answer. Um, I had a, I'm having a brain fart right now because I wanted to ask one more question regarding kids. Oh, how do you feel now that New Jersey is passing laws for marijuana yeah. to be legal? And, and, and what do you guys think in terms of where this might go? Uh, I'll
2: give my, my, my answer short <laughs> and easy. I stay out of the po- politics. Yeah, no. Let New Jersey do whatever it wants uh-huh. to do. I'm a I'm a drug and alcohol counselor, whether uh-huh. it's legal or illegal. Yeah. Like, alcohol's been legal for years. Right. No, like, mm-hmm. people... So... Right. I don't... I... Yeah, no. I pol- I, politically, don't I don't uh, care. Uh, like, I, I'm
0: not saying politics. I just say in terms of use and and kids and it being much more available. You it's know, available either yeah. way. It's, right. available, it's so available either you way. Mike, you're, yeah, yeah. Mike's yeah. like, I'm ready for this question. Go ahead, Mike. You can have me back for a whole session where I, we can, We, <laughs> we, much we more absolutely will. Uh-huh.
3: Uh, I, for my internship, I do the adolescent IOP, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a lot of the adolescents that we talk to, uh, they're using marijuana, and they say, you know, what's a big deal? No issue, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't see any problem with it. It's going to be legal. It's the mm-hmm. same as drinking, and and like Ken said, the later that you start, I think, you know, I'm, I, I'm not against uh, marijuana. I you know, I think people can use it responsibly, uh-huh. I think it has some benefits for people. I think when sure. it, the adolescents are using it at such a young age, where we have 12, 13, 14-year-olds smoking almost daily using mm-hmm. it, and just uh, the the effect it can have on the developing brain sure, that the science yeah. shows about that uh, mm-hmm. is one thing. And I think, and from my own experience, developing a substance use disorder at such a young age, when. Those, that's a crucial time to develop healthy coping skills and sure. to develop relationship mm-hmm. and stuff. And mm-hmm. when you, marijuana, like, you said, mar- like Ken said, marijuana, it's fun. It, it works. It, it mm-hmm. feels good. You know, they mm-hmm. use it. And... You I wouldn't know. know. <laughs> so, so you have a bad day at school, they mm-hmm. smoke, you know, right. they, the girlfriend breaks up with them, they smoke sure. and you start to um, slowly become dependent on that and you don't sure. learn to kind of use those, you know, those coping skills or to yeah. develop and understand, you know, and pain is it's good. Pain is there for a reason to, right. to work through. And yeah. I think when we constantly are finding ways to run from it, not just drugs, I mean, you can find it in anything that mm-hmm, people sure. find it.
0: Numbing, food, yeah, yeah food, sex, yeah. gambling, right. Everything. Okay.
3: And sometimes I think it's important to sit a little, bit With that pain, and I think just too, you can pick up the phone and be on Facebook for now, and you can just Mm -hmm. constantly not Mm -hmm. have any quiet to just let some of that stuff settle in Mm -hmm. to think about.
0: Yeah, that's really very, very wise. Okay, that's a great point. Yeah, that is people
2: don't want to like sit in their discomfort, yeah, yeah, Yeah. deal with
0: it absolutely. And and in this world, like you said, we hop on our phone, we're on this. Oh, I'm bored with Instagram, let me see what's going on on TikTok. You know, it's like this constant, yeah, and being so we're so. Uncomfortable being uncomfortable, you know it really is, and which is why you know I mean it's hard to be quiet in a room. Like people f- feel that they need to fill the room, um, you know, with yeah. chatter or whatever. But that's a really good point, Mike, about um, them. You know, instead of utilizing their coping skills, instead of utilizing um, relationships, like talking to somebody about their pain, and then they're they're doing that. And as far as the brain. And development because we all know that the brain doesn't fully we they don't get consequential thinking until their mid-20s mm-hmm. the brains not developed yet so mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense okay so I kind of want to shout out um, you know my school
1: district, my kids' school district, and there's probably a lot of other school districts out there that are doing Mm -hmm. like mindfulness. Like my Mm -hmm, kids are coming home, like talking about, you know, I wanna, I have to have a mindful moment. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what, how old are you? Five and you're mindfully momenting, you know, (laughs) mindfully eating right now. Yeah eat, go to school, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, but, but like, that's
0: amazing. It's amazing. That they
1: are learning just, that. just, and they're like asking them to, like, you know, talk about what you're feeling. You mm-hmm. know, do what do you need right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's great that that's being implemented in the schools. Yes, you know, and maybe you know, who knows that may be something that can be, you know, push off, you know, early mm-hmm. substance use, right, or di- divert it altogether. Yeah. yeah. So, amazing. so
0: just as an overview, so as far as kids are concerned. Genetics play a part. Um, lack of feeling the connection, mm-hmm. even while they could be surrounded by family and friends, they might not be connecting, feeling heard, feeling like they can actually speak to somebody. Um, the risk takers we have to keep an eye on, um, and peer groups, right? Mm-hmm. Who they're surrounding themselves with, yeah. um, and we—the later we can push it off the better, um, and isolation, shift in attitude. So Mm -hmm. those are the kind of things we wanna, and of course, any signs of depression or anxiety. So, okay, so that's amazing. Um, She's good at that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's very thorough. All right?
0: I listen and I take notes. That's great. Um, so, okay, that was awesome because we did have a lot of questions about that. Um, the next question we got, and this is, again, from a lot of, uh, you know, whoever's watching. and they Yeah. Um, and so, question about a show like Intervention. So, people watch this and Listen, if it's bringing um, awareness, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What do we do if we have uh, a friend, family member, who is struggling, clearly? What's the best kind of? What's the rule of thumb? I know it's on a case by case basis. There's no like one way. But mm-hmm. what what do you guys think in terms of when you have somebody struggling? They're both like.
2: Well, we <laughs> just we just did with, uh, CPC family night. We just talked. about oh. it, Mike was there. Oh really? Oh yeah, wow, yeah, that's you know, great. So uh, yeah. So our,
1: we, I would love to get into that the, CPC, the, the family night and how that. And
2: yeah, we talk about stuff like this all the time.
1: Beautiful.
0: Um, yeah. That's amazing. And so
2: so <laughs> we used to the, the gold standard back in the day was tough love mm-hmm, and that was like mm-hmm, it seemed right. like like a, like a good idea at mm-hmm. the time and intervention is kind of based on that mm-hmm. premise yes and pe- there are stories there's stories of people that that was the difference maker and there's still mm-hmm, people today right, that are right like, oh, if it wasn't for tough love i wouldn't be here right and that do- and I, they're not lying mm-hmm, that's true sure mm-hmm. but there's a lot of dead people, too, because mm-hmm. because somebody threw yeah. them out of the house and gave them. So I've heard right. I think there's more stories of I'm so grateful my family never gave up on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. have heard that way wow. more than I've heard. Thank God for tough love. Mm-hmm. So so uh, I think I think that it, it is important that, mm-hmm. you know, you think about the, this, the, the idea of intervention. It's, it's like saying and this is a, from Johan, Harry. I don't I hate to steal other people's words. But you're cutting people off from the very thing that they need the most. They're yeah, They need more connection. need more. Sure, and you're sure. going to be like, well, oh, we're going to get rid of all your connections, mm-hmm, and you're screwed yeah. now. You right. Know. And it, with the thing is, with the opioid problem, that's potentially a death sentence. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you could be a counselor and be like, oh, kick them out. And then mm-hmm. you kick them out, and then their kid is dead. There and they're right like, oh, I listen right. to you now. My son right. is dead. I yeah. would much rather taken him alive. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So right. the best thing I would say to anybody in this situation, especially if you're working with a young pre- – I've been working – with mm-hmm. schools and things, just get them in for one any way you can. Mm-hmm. Get the person in for one session mm-hmm. and let the counselor take over. Because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. people form in their mind what counseling is going to be like, and it's going to be this really uncomfortable, and we all hate to be uncomfortable. You mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. talked about, right. and then they meet, they go to a counseling, and they meet somebody like Mike, who's mm-hmm. this really
1: yes. easy
2: to talk to, mm-hmm. warm and and relatable guy and they're like oh this was cool all right i'll come back again he didn't scream in my face he didn't (laughs) tell me i'm going to be a loser he didn't tell me i'm doomed to go to jail sure you know and uh he just wanted to talk to me and he wanted you know and that's why working with kids i've Mm -hmm. had i've i was coming i don't see clients anymore i do my private practice but Mm -hmm. very little but back at cbc i was kind of known for being the person Mm -hmm. that could take the kid that nobody wanted to see Mm -hmm. and and they would be like, oh, I hear you're the guy that you know every, every uh, sees the kids that hated every other therapist. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> right. no, nobody's 100%. Mm-hmm. But I'd see I'd see the kid, see the parents and the kid first, and then see the kid alone. And then the mom or whatever would call me like, yeah, he'll come back and see you. But he did tell me all you did was talk about surfing. And I'm like... Well, yeah that's what he wanted it's what he wanted to talk about exactly. yeah you know i'll yeah. do whatever you got to do rapport and thing, building and then you know Absolutely. what one day in uh, the next conversation is hey do you get high when you when you smoke uh-huh. or right do you, no right. I, you know I, I no surfing is pr- you know something i like to do sober wow. either way whether he gets high or not like not, mm-hmm. now it's part of the conversation uh, right and like, you work it in gradually yeah, you
0: finesse it in yeah right. and then <laughs>
2: it's natural it's natural yeah. instead of saying the first day you know like <laughs> you know every throwing every cliche drug Absolutely. thing in their face yeah, you know, yeah. so it's about yeah. rapport building, and totally. it, take, it takes time. Yeah, it takes time. Absolutely. So. so, but but for families out there, get them in for that first session. Get to a professional. So place like CPC with yes. trained clinicians mm-hmm. that come from a motivational perspective, yeah. not a shaming, judging perspective.
1: Absolutely. Right, so. Yes, a hundred percent. And I like how you you mentioned the family night. How often is that? running. We like
2: do it about work. once a month. Once a month. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's online. Yep. That's
1: oh, amazing. Okay. And so they can get education? Yeah, we,
2: we make, we pick a topic. This okay. week we talked about, uh, what was it? Conquering chaos through communication. Mm. Like one of the interns Ooh. came yeah. up with it. But, uh, yeah, so. That's a, a yeah. what do they call that? An alliteration? Alliteration. A lot of <laughs> oh. scenes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Well, that's great. And that's a great resource. Um, so now I would like to shift um, into what is harm reduction. So, you know, we all know what harm reduction is, but not many people when it comes to having the conversation about addiction, it's either, you know, you're you're using or you're not using. And that's kind of this black and white way of thinking um, and not necessarily what what works. I mean, it does for some people. It's not the way life if, works. Exactly. Yeah. So, can you guys speak more on harm reduction, please? Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Either way. Mike, I, I feel like you got this one.
2: <laughs> Go for it, Mike. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, with well, horrible, like Ken said, it's just not the way life works. Ideally, mm-hmm. yeah, somebody comes in for a treatment and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they stop everything and it's a nice uh, straight line from Absolutely. coming into mm-hmm. recovery. Uh-huh. And it's just not, I said, you know, for the viewers, that this is like what recovery looks mm-hmm. like, you know, Yeah, just, uh, oh, okay. back right. back and forth. And, Absolutely. And uh, that was, you know, the case for me. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, harm recovery is definitely a good model. I think it, mm-hmm. it goes in. A lot of people have had this, you know, abstinence-only model, sure. and it, it's sometimes it's not achievable for yeah. some. For some people, it can work. For mm-hmm. m- myself personally, uh, that I, I I wasn't able to just mm-hmm. you know use certain mm-hmm. things, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I certainly tried it in the beginning mm-hmm. to see what would work, what yeah. wouldn't work. Sure. and uh, But definitely, you know, if somebody comes to you and they're an IV heroin user and mm-hmm. they're, they're doing that daily, and over the next month or two, you, uh, they stop that and they're smoking marijuana on a daily mm-hmm. basis, yeah. that's, you're definitely going in the right direction.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and it seems much more realistic yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah. So harm reduction is basically, you know, Tapering our use of whatever the drug of choice or alcohol is, right? Just well, it's a
2: little well, more complicated than yeah. that.
0: Well, can you it speak g- on g- that? That's why yeah. I'm here. <laughs> Yeah,
2: because <laughs> if people could just taper use, they would just do that. It would be like, oh, you know, hey, the, uh-huh. but, um, that's one way to frame it. Uh huh. The best way to, to, the to look at harm reduction is is accepting incremental change, mm-hmm. and wow, I like and that's that. how we that's how we that's how people change yeah. in general. Think yeah. about yeah. the changes sure. you went through. You sure, did, You didn't. But how many stories do you have? Do people have where they woke up one day and completely changed, like right. a new person? You know, no, you, absolutely. You know, happens yeah, every once it. in a while. But sure. those are we the, have the stages the, of change that, that we need exception. to honor. Sure. And I, go, I go, Mike probably heard this because I do the I do talks on this stuff all the time. So mm-hmm. I use the same examples, and people yeah. who've heard me talk are gonna be like, oh, he's gonna use this one again. Use it. It's so good. <laughs> um, What if you if I if you went to the doctor tomorrow mm-hmm. and the doctor said you being anybody audience whatever mm-hmm. you went to the doctor tomorrow the doctor says oh no I've done your tests and it, you're you're pre-diabetic mm-hmm. if you don't change your life mm-hmm. you're going to be have diabetes mm-hmm. very soon you're right. like right diabetes here you're right there mm-hmm. so the doctor says I'm going to, here's what you, I want you to do. I want you to lose weight. I want you to s- stop eating uh, fast food uh, mm-hmm. this many times a week. Mm-hmm. I want you to start eating things like uh, kale and <laughs> salads. Of Rabbit different, different, different. food. I right. want you to join an online support group for mm-hmm. diabetes. I want you to read this book about diabetes prevention care. Mm-hmm. I want you to take fish oil and take this medication. Mm-hmm. And I want you to um, you know, uh, exercise this many times. And he's like, you know, I'm going to put it on a list for you. Uh-huh. And then you mm-hmm. go home. Mm-hmm. And there's twenty things on that list. Right. And anyway, I'll ask this to an audience anytime I mm-hmm. talk about it. how many how, the, the average person. Well, everybody's gonna leave like, yeah, that's it. I'm gonna do uh, that's <laughs> it. no diabetes uh, for me. I'm, sure. not, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the superstar. But mm-hmm. two weeks later, how many things on that list are most people doing?
1: Right. Yeah. Two or three. Maybe one. I was maybe. gonna say maybe one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah. So
2: now back to addiction. Mm-hmm. Somebody's. In full-blown addiction, mm-hmm. they most likely have a mental illness right. as well. Seventy-five sure. percent of people who have uh, yeah. addiction problems, two-thirds to three-quarters of the people, mm-hmm. have a diagnosable so a mental health problem. Their life, they mm-hmm. probably have a legal problem. Their family's pissed at them. Their mm-hmm. you know job situation could be a mess. They have financial problems. So you're not know, a person whose life is in complete shambles, and right. you're going to tell them. I want you to change your friends. Stop using drugs. Take this medication. I want you mm-hmm. to go to these support groups. Go to this treatment program uh, nine hours a week, mm-hmm. and I want you to exercise, Start pray, yeah. Uh, <laughs> meditate. You know, yeah, Yeah, of and uh, you know, do practice anger management. You're not know, mm-hmm. allowed to, you know, yell anymore. And, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I'll see you in a, in a week. Oh, and yell you know. <laughs> Yeah, and like yeah. Uh, take away everything out of that, and then the, we expect we get pissed at them because they're like. Why aren't you a completely new person? You know, thirty days later. That you know, changed. in reality, yeah. in treatment, if you get somebody to just start talking thirty mm-hmm. days later Absolutely. and start opening up, you know, you're you're yeah. winning the battle. So, that's incremental change. That
0: was like much that. better than my explanation. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. And if
2: somebody, for some people, abstinence is that thing. That, mm-hmm. like Mike said, some people are like look, I've tried this too many times. Mm-hmm. I've you know, I'm one of those people. I know that I, abstinence is the way. For, and. We let people make their own path. Right, You know, yeah, and yeah which is
0: great because, as it, you As long as it's
2: going in the right direction. Absolutely. As long as we're making progress. Absolutely, and
0: it. all of us as counselors, I think, you know, the, the biggest and the best part of our job is that we partner up with our clients. Like we join the same team and we come up with a plan that is realistic, you know, um, and tailored to the client. Absolutely. So thank you for that. And you mentioned um, co-occurring. So I would like to um, have you guys speak on that as well, because people hear co-occurring mm-hmm. disorder, but but don't really know what curr- co-occurring disorders mean. So take it away. Uh, <laughs>
2: it's two, two, things, two diseases <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So
0: in terms of um, the the one of the disorders being some kind of um, addiction disorder
3: yeah addiction disorder where it's co-occurring with another mental health mm-hmm. uh issues such as like anxiety or depression mm-hmm. seem yeah. to be the two most common but you know mm-hmm. it could be bipolar disorder schizophrenic right. disorder yeah. uh, uh anything like that mm-hmm. and i think years ago and ken might say like co-occur they would separate some people yes. and say this is just yeah. the addict he's just um, mm-hmm. suffering with a substance use disorder the, this one is co-occurring uh-huh. and i would say my experience over the six years working in this field i could probably count on one hand how many people I've worked with that just had a a substance use disorder that didn't have a mental health illness attached Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. And I think those, like we talked about before, those are the ones that are the most susceptible to developing an addiction because of the relief. Like I I always tell Mm -hmm. people about my, I have a friend that we would go out, we would drink together, and Mm -hmm. he would probably drank more than me and would drink harder than me, Mm -hmm. but I developed, you know, an alcohol use disorder. Mm -hmm. Alcohol did for me what it did not do for it. It it was doing two separate things, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I believe, you know, that He he did not. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. always even have to be the quantities Mm -hmm. or the substance that you're using, but it's what what is that substance doing for uh, that person? And for me, you know, Mm -hmm. using substances, using alcohol, drugs, to alleviate those symptoms of depression, the anxiety, to be able to just be like, (sighs) I could breathe. And Mm -hmm. that that wasn't happening for my friend if he took a drink. You know, he got got a little silly, Mm -hmm. he could Mm -hmm. take it or leave it. But for me, this was a lifeline. Sure, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and, and I've, um, just to, to expand on that, clients with something like schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder, um, used to quiet the voices in their head, be, you know, to, to stop hearing things, to stop seeing things, and you know, um, so it's just really important in terms of psychoeducation yeah. to point yeah. that out, um, yeah, it's very important. And, and it, you know, I just want to go back. I, I think it's like great
1: that you get families involved,
0: mm-hmm. you know, because oh, sure. I know
1: families can be part of the challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. And so has it been difficult to get families on board, you know, you know, with the program that you have, you know, getting that education out there of, you know, some people think like, oh, well, you know, if they're still on methadone, you know, they're, they're still using. So like, what is the point mm-hmm. of that? like, how do you go about that? Getting parents, you know, families engaged?
2: It's mm-hmm. extremely difficult. Yeah, that's uh, any way we can. I mean, it's it. I, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. it, there's it's definitely lacking at, in the field as far as uh, family is tough for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I, I guess we talk about that overly busy world, or people sure. feel frustrated and they, you know, fix this person and fix send it. them back when Absolutely. they're done. You know Absolutely.
0: Sometimes cultural pieces come into play. Well, right. a lot of times, cultural yeah. pieces yeah, come into yeah. play, right? And
2: just, it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. So we have to engage families uh, as well. We have to go out of our way because it's mm-hmm. harder. I even tell tell um, uh, clinicians when they're working with, like it's I uh, think when, back when we were in person at CPC, mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. we're moving in that direction yes. again. When What I would do is, is if I saw a family member in the waiting room, mm-hmm. I'd invite them in. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, because even people would say, well, what about confidentiality? Mm-hmm. If that person does they're there to defend mm-hmm. their own confidentiality they could mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. no I don't want my mom there then okay right. then I respect it but mm-hmm. it's implied consent if they say okay all right you know mm-hmm. and then sometimes I go oh, I'm not so sure about that Like I'll even barter with her come on ten minutes come on yeah and I'm not asking it. to meet with your mom alone I'm asking me you, me, you and your mom together right. so yeah, gonna, right. you know I'm not gonna talk about any tell your your secret so I just mm-hmm. want to talk about your relationship and hear what she has to say absolutely And. uh any way you can get somebody in? Again, you obviously want to respect the client. If they're sure. like, nope, no family, then no family. Right? Get, you know, everybody that yeah. has their own rights for that. Mm-hmm. But I'll do. You know, I'll at least give it a shot. Absolutely. And I, not just with family. I've seen. You know, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. friend, the ride. I don't know. It could be mm-hmm. somebody. Like, hey, want to hey, you want to hey, bring? Let yeah, that person come in. on in. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: that's great. Get them
2: in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and that's like, one of the rules of my private practice. I say like, I'm I'm I'm. You know, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to warn me if you're going to bring somebody. Mm -hmm. Because I'm still on Zoom Mm -hmm. with prior practice. I'm like, just bring Bring them in. Bring them in. I don't care if you you bring a neighbor (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) It's your session. You got to bring them in. Bring them in. It's more work on the therapist's Mm -hmm. end. But you get more out of it. Absolutely. You You can elicit more information
0: and find out so much more. It's
2: nerve-wracking when you have Mm -hmm. the X factor, the person you don't know there. Oh, sure. Yeah, but man, does it help it helps.
0: Agreed. Agreed.
1: And what's your viewpoint? Like, how do you feel about, like, the engagement? Do you feel that it is a struggle to get families, you know, on board and, you know, just to get the education piece?
3: Yeah, I think it can be. Um, I think uh, the research is showing that the, the the outcomes are so much better when the family mm-hmm. is involved. And that's something yeah. I like about the uh, program that I'm in now. They mm-hmm. really uh, my supervisor who's leaving now, Ayla. Um, she Ayla. was great. And um, she hey. was really yeah, Ayla. Yeah, shout yeah, out to Ayla. Yeah, Ayla, they will Ayla. be sorely <laughs> missed. Mm-hmm. And she was great about, you know, staying on thought, you know, have you reached out to the collateral contacts mm-hmm. or you know, family and coordinating care with the other doctors, but especially family, because mm-hmm. it's difficult for somebody struggling with substance use disorder. They might have um had a lapse or relapse or they might be using you know you call them how are you Mm -hmm. five minutes on the phone they say doing great you know no problem Mm -hmm. okay i'll check in next week no problem reach out to the mom no lizzie was at the house last night he was drunk he Mm -hmm. felt you know and then you get some of that information and it really i think helps to uh, provide better services sure and then i think it's difficult for families i think there's such a range of emotions where they're, they're suffering they're struggling mm-hmm. with the, the anger that they feel that yeah. the disease or addiction is just so much different than you know we talked about yesterday or whatever day it was family monday Monday you can't you know having cancer or something mm-hmm. or being diagnosed with that how the family it's a different component where people uh i think th- that 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 issue of the power of choice and you know mm-hmm. is this person just doing it you know that um and i think you know when you talked about kind of the hijacked brain i think uh-huh. at a certain oh, point yeah. um with addiction the the power of choice does become removed and yeah. i that's a mm. touchy subject some people really uh don't agree with that and i probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't either had i not gone through it myself but i think uh,
0: so the next time we have you back we will be talking about the hijacked (laughs) brain i'm making notes um so yeah awesome so clearly it you know if and when we can involve family members friends anybody who could provide both support for the client and collateral information for us on on who the client is in other you know aspects of their life cool um uh, we have two more questions and then we're gonna do the bullishing wrap popular. and then People we're like yeah oh my God, when we Ken found out that yeah gonna be on here oh, okay. yeah going. um so question um there are two and you can well I guess we could do first so we had a, a couple questions both um regarding aana type groups who can attend
3: this is
2: Mike's area of expertise yeah
3: uh anybody I, I got a lot of experience going to the uh, fellowships for the CADC requires you mm-hmm. to attend. Sure, yeah absolutely. And they have what are called open and closed meetings okay. to between and a closed meeting would just be for somebody that identifies as having you know an alcohol or drug use disorder or mm-hmm. a desire I think one of the traditions a desire to stop using drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. okay would be a prerequisite to attend and then the open meetings are available for families, friends, anybody, clinicians, anybody that wants to go and just uh, get a better idea of it and awesome. I strongly suggest you know, any clinicians that are working in the field, um, I think yeah. it's great for them to experience a few yeah. of the meetings and yeah. just to see what, what they're about. Yeah,
0: I really Those enjoyed early. it yeah. when I did. I remember I also attended Al-Anon meetings, which were really helpful to see it mm-hmm. from, you know, the family, the people who love the, the person who's struggling. Right. So, yeah. Okay, so great. Thank you for that. And, and um, I mean, I
1: love that they also have, you know, like the LGBTQIA Plus, you know, like specific, you know, you know, for them, you know, for, you know, for meetings where they can be more comfortable.
0: Sure. So there's all different types. Absolutely. Um, And so, um, and this is kind of like, I don't even know if we can answer this. If this is, if there is somebody who, like, I've had questions like, oh, I drink every night. Am I an alcoholic? Mm. And so that's such a a bizarre question. I mean, not really a bizarre question, but I really don't know how to, to answer that.
2: I know
0: you want to go first you know, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. i've been asked yeah. it probably yeah thank you three so, million times. thank you
2: and i the answer that's the one the, the benefit of doing this for a long time you get, mm-hmm. you get to rehearse Absolutely. Mm-hmm. um to me the number one thing first of all if you're asking the question that's a that's a you, red right. flag uh-huh. it doesn't mean you know because mm-hmm. some people are just inquisitive and, and yeah yeah you know, um but the the, the, the if you wanted to, if you need one thing, Mm -hmm. is it impacting your functioning? Right. Are you, and that's a gray Mm -hmm. area, but you really, that's where you have to get honest. Am Mm -hmm. I living up to my full potential? Right. I have so many people say like, like there's, there's, With with marijuana, Mm -hmm. it's like I try not to talk too much about marijuana because people there's people feel so strongly. I consider myself a middle of the road guy Mm -hmm. with marijuana. You Mm -hmm. know, like Mike said, there's some people that use and they're fine, Mm -hmm. but there's some people. You know, there's the cliche guy who sits on or gal who sits on the mom's basement and and (laughs) and doesn't move, smokes weed all day, Mm -hmm. and there's everything in between.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. So so um. But is it? Im- are you really living up to your p- potential? Mm-hmm. And like even just so something like like looking at marijuana. Somebody's like, no, I'm, uh, I smoke milkweed and I'm working. I'm doing fine. But then getting down to how, well, how much are you spending on weed? Mm-hmm. Like you know, oh yeah, I go through an ounce a week. And well, what's mm-hmm. an ounce cost you nowadays? Right. You know, two, three hundred dollars. Right. Like mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about whatever. Sure. You know, eight hundred dollar a month habit. Right. Is that? Are you okay mm-hmm. with that? Are you sure. making it? Can you afford it? it? Right. Right. So, it could be as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, or are are you functioning at work are you are you are you just settling for like a job that's kind of beneath you you know right, things right. like that that's where you right. got to get honest with yourself you're right. the guy that's got a uh, person that you gotta look yourself in the mirror yeah and if you're like hey this is where i'm happy at at mm-hmm. this level and this is good and mm-hmm. go ahead, do your draw, whatever you know mm-hmm. but um right but you gotta definitely everybody has to do that and it's not just a one-time thing you do that we all should be doing that absolutely that, that
0: personal every day. inventory so, we talk about yeah, all the yeah. time on the show just checking oh, in man, with yourself i'm such a,
2: i'm so uh, i have like I'm to the other extreme like I have a fear of stopping doing that uh-huh. I never want to be walk around with a uh, with a cloud over sure. my I want to I want to mm-hmm. be like oh my god uh, like mm-hmm. like do I suck at this you know mm-hmm. like I want to know or like right, I want yeah, right. to I want to find out sure. so I can get better you know what I mean because yeah. the scary questions are the ones you got to ask but that you don't yeah. if, if you're someone who's like I got it I'm good you're stuck at that for the rest mm-hmm. of your life Right. yeah you know I mean? right. so, absolutely so without we got on a philosophical tangent but the thing is is it impacting your life yep. and you know what ask some people around you Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, do you like me better when I'm not drinking? Mm-hmm. And you'll have something you'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. You're mm-hmm. way nicer when you're not drinking. Uh-huh. You'd be surprised how many people would say, oh, yeah. Right. You know, yeah, you're, you're a real, you know, a little bit of an irritable <laughs> jerk when you're Yeah, not, when totally. You, you know, so find out and, okay. and take an inventory on that, mm-hmm. like you guys said. And yeah. that would be the, that would be the, if I you had one yeah.
0: blanket test, am- Yeah, I like that. that would That's be great. It. There's a lot of other Good. stuff, but
2: that would be one.
3: And okay.
0: some people don't delve into that because it's uncomfortable, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like They're afraid the answer. Think they're yeah. afraid, yeah. right? Yeah. Fear, because then it w- might cause me to have to change, and yeah. how hard right. is it to change? Right. 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 Mike, anything to add to that? Um,
3: I think Ken really nailed right. it.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, the last question, um, I wonder if, and I know it's a big subject, but can you explain fentanyl? You could pull that cord if you need a little bit more yeah, um, <laughs> um, fentanyl and and what occurs? People hear about it. They hear, oh, they they were they bought heroin and they got fentanyl and they died, for an overdose. So can you just explain really quickly well, what occurs, what happens, what? Yeah, just <laughs> and then we won't bother you anymore. We'll just ask no, you back. <laughs>
3: these are fun questions. Yeah, <laughs> fentanyl no, no, no. Good. good. Yeah, yeah great okay. questions. Uh, yeah, fentanyl is just it's an extremely cheap substance that's on the not to get into it, but China mm-hmm. can uh-huh. creates the precursor, sends it over to Mexico, changes, it, and it's just so uh-huh. cheap to send over, and it's so so powerful and okay. potent. They say about fifty mm-hmm. to hundred times more powerful than morphine, okay. and um, drug dealers are able to cut it in. You know, they make more mm-hmm. money. That, but what's really scary about it is that a lot of you know the clients that will will do a um, urine screen on they they reported you know taking a Xanax pill or something like that and they're coming up for fentanyl wow, okay. and saying no I don't use heroin I never use fentanyl and they they're pressing the uh, you know people are making uh, knock-off uh, prescription pills using wow, fentanyl Wow, so it's is not even there. just limited to heroin cocaine wow. as well yeah for, wow for
2: there being fentanyl mm-hmm. and, and so too. people
0: are using it thinking that they're either using what the amount they would normally use and they're dying because it's so po- it's cut with that, and it's so much more potent and yeah. deadly. Have you wow. had
1: people? Because I know this has been my experience: individuals who come and say that they were kind of like, "Oh, you know, start seeking out fentanyl." Well,
2: it's funny you mention that. One time, mm-hmm. I was I was not too long. Ago, I was running group, mm-hmm. and I brought in a guest speaker who who uh, was a harm reduction place, and they were like, "Well, we can give you fentanyl test strips." And the group was nice to the person. Oh, that sounds mm-hmm. really interesting. But then when the person left, the group was like. Why would we use that? Like, I want fentanyl in my dope. Mm, wow. You know what I mean? Like, and then wow. again, this was a more hardcore bunch. Sure. You know, yeah. Most sure. of And uh, I say this wow. all the time at CPC, you know, if we do a thousand drug tests mm-hmm. and a thousand come back up for heroin, how many have fentanyl in it? 998. Yep. You know wow. What? Fentanyl is definitely, it's in all the dope now. So it's, it's yeah. definitely. Wow.
3: And it, it really is just scary so potent and uh, sure. there's just not a lot of room for error with that and you don't right. never know sure. how it's getting mixed. Off, right. yeah.
1: absolutely and then so there's it's like Russian roulette like you it's just like don't Russian, know. that and that's right. why
3: so many people are dying yeah people were dying just with
2: the, with the straight heroin as it is because that's Russian roulette to mm-hmm, a degree mm-hmm, but absolutely. the fentanyl is takes it to another level yeah you never know when you're gonna get that dose
0: right, right. and then you have other people who have formed um, addictions who were in pain and getting the oxy for pain who had to switch over into the world of heroin for because it's cheaper and now they're having to work. Wow, that's really very, very scary. And it explains why the uh, rates are up and why it is still very much an epidemic. And you guys are awesome and we are so, so grateful to have had you here. We hope you will come back again. We'll even do it in this studio yeah, so you guys can great. look around. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to um, leave. This yeah. is really <laughs> it <is>. it's <laughs> pretty it's like awesome. i just um, to hang out in this room. T- Sorry, so one saying one that. One,
3: <laughs> I want to say one last what? thing. Yeah, uh, of course. If anybody's uh thinks of having a uh, has a family member struggling with mm-hmm. opioid yes. disorder to please, you know, have an Narcan kit uh, available uh, inside yes. the house. A good point. Uh, it will good save one. a life. I mean, those overdose statistics would be How can
0: how can they get a Narcan kit? Do they need a prescription? Could they Just go Uh,
3: a lot of places, Jersey Shore Addiction Services, you know, they'll provide, um, I think once a week they do uh seminars where you go for 30 minutes, an hour, get the training, they'll give you a kit, um, okay, have it on you, and it it literally will save you.
2: Any CPC client, we'll give it out, we'll give it out, okay. okay. But Medicaid pays for it, and um, Mm -hmm. if you have and uh. Yeah, it's definitely worth having. Yeah, absolutely. We'll
0: having. we'll get this information and we'll post it on yep. um, our social media and. Uh, Can I say one
2: more thing about that? He I, brought him Narcan.
0: hundred percent. Because we Because there's
2: people out there that go, that you know, the hardcore types that are like oh, narcan why would you you know let them let them experience it mm. you know let them experience with their consequences of their action and i mean you know what i say to somebody like that as long as it's not your your niece right your nephew, are your right, aunt, right. absolutely because that's right. easy to talk that until it's your kid right? right and then it's We're talking like, about life and death here absolutely. let's get people to narcan yeah
0: a hundred percent great yeah. um, and
1: that and you know you know because this is like another episode right mm-hmm. you know but that is also a reason why you know the overdose rates were right going down was because oh, yeah. Narcan cops
0: had it mm-hmm. you know there's Absolutely. so the difference maker. there yeah. sure so sure it's it great that point it Mike thank you for bringing that up yeah. we will certainly um, anything else anywhere um, listeners can can find you find resources and mm-hmm. if you can share about that now if not you'll tell us about it and we will post about it for sure yeah um, can I k- yes.
2: do a couple plugs
0: yes oh, so we insist see
2: CP, behavior Healthcare one eight hundred two five zero nine eight one one. 800-250-9811. Yep. Uh, 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 right now, there's we're getting a lot more mental health p- mm-hmm. referrals than okay. so we addiction. We should be able to get you in. Definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yep.
2: And then personally, I've, I've maintained an addiction website.
0: Yes, please.
2: TakingTheEscalator.com. Oh, so much resources on, yeah. yep. so, yep. on there. Everything there on there is free. All the stuff I talk about here, I, I love to write. That's my mm-hmm. hobby. Ah. So if I talked about it, I probably wrote something about it. So and,
1: cool. And it's
2: something you can So we're
1: putting them site. in the chat. Yeah. TakingTheEscalator.com. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I was up
2: last night. My website crashed. Oh, and, no. Yeah, and I got, like, oh, I, yeah. of honestly, course. So Naturally. I'm actually, so anybody who goes on it now is going to be like, hey, what the, hell's the hell is the matter? Yeah, I'm fixing I'm okay. Rebuilding it. Well, yeah, we so, will be yeah. patient,
0: yeah.
1: And, and you know, it's just about half rebuild. Yeah, and what towns are is CPC in? Like where?
0: We have they... five
2: locations throughout Monmouth County. Okay. So, yeah, so we're all over um, Aberdeen, yeah. Neptune, Howell, Freehold, and Red Bank.
0: Amazing, amazing, and yes, uh, we will post all of this stuff. Uh, we have Bowl of No Shame questions, which we are going to get to right now, and Oh, Rashida. wait, was there anything you wanted to promote?
3: No, 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 no. CPC would be, uh, I think, it's a, I've been there for about six years, and yeah. they've just been phenomenal. I think, uh, I mean, the, the all the workers that I've worked with, they really truly care about the, the clients, you know, from you know the clinicians all the way up to the CEOs and, and that staff. It's just a, an incredible organization to work for. Agreed. Very good people. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And just remember, you
1: right in, yes, you, and this is a person that you will see there, right? So if you are looking
0: for treatment, Mike Mike's ready to help. (laughs) He's He's ready to help. Absolutely. Yes, we talk about CPC quite often on here. It is my birthplace and a big part of my heart. So, absolutely, we plug it every time we can. Um, Yes, so thank you guys so much. Rashida? The bowl of no shame. Go ahead. So, you ask a question to all of us. Okay, here we go. Here we
1: go. Too much folding. Uh huh. (laughs) Well <laughs> oh, that's not a good sign. This is <laughs> funny. If you could have an exotic animal as a pet, which would it be?
3: I could, I could go first. Go ahead. A, a, a monkey.
0: <laughs> cool. Okay. Ooh. Okay. A monkey.
2: It's probably not a good question for me. I'm not, I'm, uh, <laughs> I have a bird now.
3: It's kind of <laughs> exotic. I'd call okay. her.
2: my daughter's really, so I wouldn't. it's not even my pet. But. Uh, and you I mean, rave can I have,
0: about. You can, uh, can you it's anything. I about love it. this
2: friggin' bird. Yes. I love <laughs> it so, so great. I'm sorry. I know. I never knew I would. I was like kind of against. I was like the bird? What are you going to buy a bird for? I oh my god, I love this bird. That's so cool. But uh, so, but yeah, so uh I yeah, it's a great pet having a having a uh exotic really? bird.
0: Oh yeah. Huh. Very loving. I feel like um, I have I have like 15 chickens, but they're not really <laughs> exotic. Um okay, so would you stick with the bird or do you want to stick no- with the bird? Yeah, okay. I'll
2: stick with Doppler my
0: uh, I mean conure. okay. Um, I would definitely say an elephant. I want to be, like, riding on the elephant in my backyard Aww. and all around. Until like,
2: you see one, take a dump. I know.
0: <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be on it, so I would. that would be for the people behind me.
2: I was at the Bronx Zoo once, and you want to see a crowd gather? Oh. It, seriously.
0: Hey, guys, it's time. Yeah, no, really.
2: When <laughs> the, happening. When the, when, the, when the elephant was going to the bathroom, people were running Why over. Know, so that is like, so oh funny.
0: You know I'm totally going on YouTube later and being like, <laughs> Elephant pooping. That's great. Awesome. Rashida, what is I
1: would love to have a flamingo. Oh, love I, that. I'm just curious how long they can stand. One leg, right? They only have one. They have two legs, but yeah, I think you, they, use they, use they one hold one. Yeah. Right they, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to see how long they can maintain okay. that with my kids. So.
0: Okay, love that. <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> <we've> got, <laughs> I love it, we're gonna do one more. Ah, I like this one. Uh, first thing you would do <laughs> if you won the lottery.
2: Oh
0: man, I'm,
2: I'm too boring for this I really am. Like,
0: who said it has to be exciting?
2: I can't even think of anything good. Uh, no judgment. Something lame, like, like some kind of fun for my kids or something like that. That's like boring. But it's not it's not like a you know, whatever. rental. I I can't even think of anything fun. I go on a trip or something, you know, the standard good. boring. Okay. Crap. I'm pretty you pretty square. Listen, so <laughs> that's
0: that's pretty awesome. my top wife
2: top. a gift. I don't
0: know. Beautiful. Aww. Aww.
2: That is Rent, not renovate the house. Not she, lame she at all.
0: Fantastic. All right, so you uh, got good. a good couple of little things on your list. Mikey T.
3: God. To check out the Rutgers University, pay mm-hmm. all the student that yes. right away, and then yes. I'd, I'd be traveling. I wanted to do a cross country trip and mm-hmm. then, especially, Europe. Spend so mm-hmm. a, a significant amount of time over in Europe. Nice. Italy.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Rashida Darling. Everybody knows my. Are you love. seriously okay? I no. am
1: definitely getting crab legs from Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Oh
0: my god! No, okay. no, no, no! no. Okay, like, no, I'm, I'm, no
1: they're that's
0: expensive. Me. Yeah, you know. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, right mm, now, right. It's particularly,
2: it, it,
0: it's, it's the cost just like, has gone it, way up. See, see. Listen, I I'm, it's a big deal. I love the show Deadliest Catch. I watch it all
1: the time. No, I'm I'm getting a bushel, and I'm just gonna <laughs> just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love her so much. All right, so clearly a bushel of crisps. And butter, and butter. Uh, and you butter, put, naturally. That's expensive. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. Just a bushel of That's all I need. I love you. Um, I am definitely chartering like two planes for family and close friends, and we are going to like go to an exotic place like Fiji. Ooh. and just you know relax and eat good food and really get grounded and not have to worry about like a schedule and just chill that's it that's, that's my that's thing a good one. yeah i mean just really How to... the crabs in fiji i'll let you know baby <laughs> <laughs> um so guys thank you so so much for being here we yeah, really it appreciate thank you. it thanks um, for having us um, yes. anytime and please come back so much I can't even take it we would love for you to come back I mean this is just you know and guys remember please to download us on SoundCloud iTunes Spotify Spotify and all that jazz we have a great show next week Um, we'll surprise you again Oh, did you want to say that? we
1: gotta say Nikki Tierney is gonna come in yes Mickey Tierney will Janie. be in oh, the that's building. Yeah.
2: That's for a, a so,
1: yeah. good <laughs> one. Yeah, so we're, we're really fans, super, yes. super oh, excited great. to have yeah. her in. That's and
0: great. that is all, you guys. Be safe, be well, be kind, and thank you for listening. Crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> The Not Okay, It's Okay podcast includes casual conversations related to mental health, self-care, practical tips and resources, along with validation that not being okay is okay. You acknowledge and agree that the following warnings and disclaimers shall apply to all of our content.
1: This podcast represents the opinions of Hillary Shear, LPC and Rashida Cartwright, LCADC and their guests to the show. The information provided is for informational purposes only, and we recommend that you consult with a healthcare professional for medical or mental health
0: advice. The views and opinions expressed in the Not Okay, It's Okay podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. Do not use our content in lieu of professional advice given by qualified medical or mental health professionals. Always seek the advice of your own medical mental health provider related to your specific medical or mental health condition prior to implementing any recommendations or suggestions from using our content. Privacy is
1: of great importance to us. That being said, all people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect patient confidentiality.